Hello, and welcome to the I Had an Epiphany podcast. This is your host, Mark Thompson. We have a great show today for you in store. Today, we're going to speak with our guest speaker, Cass Dice, who is going to talk about her upcoming book, her journey as a writer, and her plans for the future. Cass, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, um, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, and we're happy to have you as well. Listen, Cass, I'm really excited to talk to you today. With your creative journey, it's it's truly inspiring, especially with what's going on in today's climate. So I, before we get started, I would love to discuss your um your book, your current book coming up. And I want to talk about your experiences becoming a writer. Yeah. Right? So yeah. my first question is like, for a lot of people, becoming a, a writer or author, it may feel like it's almost impossible. And you've taken those steps to do that. When did you begin your writing career and who were some of your influences? Yeah, of course. Um, it's it's my I feel like my journey was kind of crazy, right? Because like you said, that is like a four-year-old saying, I want to be in sports. I want to be a basketball player. I want to be a football player. You you look at the person, you're like, that's a cute goal. I can't wait for you to wake up, right? <laughs> of course. Um, I actually fell in love with reading before I fell in love with writing. I fell in love with storytelling, if I'm going to be honest. Mm. I started, I started when I, when I, when it was time to start learning how to read, I had trouble. I couldn't read. I had, I had trouble putting words together, X, Y, Z. And so I worked so hard at it where it became my obsession. Wow. And I was like, okay, I love the idea of becoming the manager of your own story, be telling, taking characters and really, you know, creating a world, right? So I started writing when I was younger and my guy, I was so embarrassed. I didn't tell anyone. I just felt like it was the weirdest thing in the world. Like, who am I writing stories? And and I, the only people I would share them with would be my, my, my dad and my sister and my mother. And Along the line in my middle school year, you know, everyone's so concerned about being cool. Right. I stopped writing. And my dad looked at me and said, Cassidy, what are you doing? That's what you love. And I was like, but that's weird. <laughs> I don't want to be weird. I don't want to be the weird girl who's, you know, journaling away while everyone else is doing other cool things. You wanted to be at the cool kids table. I wanted to be at the cool kids table, which I truly was never invited at, but I made my own table. <laughs> um, and so I picked it back up. When I got into high school, I, and then I was a psych major in college and I came home and I was crying and I'm like, mom, why am I so unhappy? She's like, Cass, you write, Mm. you love reading. Why aren't you following your passion? So I turned, I changed my life, became an English major, started dedicating everything I had to writing and the rest is history. Wow. That's so awesome. That like, that really is because it's, it's rare when sometimes, especially when parents may know that your dream may not necessarily mm-hmm. bring in income or it might not be able to, you know, take care of the bills. But like, especially in those beginning phases, but for your family just to know like, hey, look, I know why you're unhappy. This is what you need to do. I think that's really awesome. But if we can, if we can dive a little bit deeper, right? I, um, mm-hmm. my family, I'm, I come from a very strong uh, African-American family background. All right. I got, we are, we are full of engineers and business owners and entrepreneurs, wow. right? The pressure. So it was funny. Cause my sister, my, I have, my sister is my everything. Her name's Vanessa. I call her Vanny. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I will brag about her till the day I die. She was one of the top engineers at University of Virginia, just killing the game. Let's go, Vanessa. Let's go, Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> and I would never tell her this because she didn't put that pressure on me, but it was like, I have a sister who's an engineer. And then I come to my parents and I say, I want to write you guys a story. <laughs> Right. I can only imagine how you felt even expressing that. You know what I mean? I um I my senior year of college, I got a really great job offer out the gate. And mm-hmm. in my heart, I knew I didn't want to do it. And so I sat down with my parents and I sat down with my entire family because my family has the approach of, you know, it takes a village. So I sat down with my uncles, my aunts, you know, and I really got everyone's sense. And everyone told me, Cass, you can write anywhere, take this job. Mm. And I wanted to, I, at the time I was, I'm born and raised in Ashton, Virginia. So I was living in Ashburn at the time. And my goal was to move to Seattle, which I am currently. And as soon as I really made up my mind, I used to just cry at night because I knew I was going against my family's wishes of me taking this big girl job. Mm-hmm. Because you're right, you can write anywhere, but I knew this job was going to take away from my creativity, which is always, I'm very career driven. My creativity is number one. Mm-hmm. So I moved to Seattle, got another job in sales, started working for my boss, Kwame, and I've been grinding ever since, right? But I left, right. That, I left that big girl job behind and I could just, I could feel the hesitation of my family as I sent me away, right? And it's been such a journey. It's been such a blessing because I put in my two weeks for this, my, my full-time job as sales. And I'm going to be a full-time writing, writer starting August 5th. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. That Thank you. Major. Thank you. Wow. That, that's, that's pretty dope. I mean, it just shows like what happens when you just keep laser focused on the dream and the passion. There is no other option. And that's the thing that people don't get. Mm -hmm. I can definitely relate to you because I've worked Mm -hmm. in sales since graduating college. And like my true passion is is sports broadcasting. Really? Yeah. So like with you, like when you're working those sales jobs nonstop, it's kind of hard to come home and be creative after you've had a grueling day of a bunch of no's or a bunch of yeses and having to reach certain quotas and everything. So for you to even take that leap of faith to just go ahead and just do it. I love it. I um, honestly, if I can be downright honest with you, mm-hmm. I pull it. I put it all on God because I said, "Listen, I don't know." I felt nervous while turning that job down. Right? I was right. like, "I don't know why," but I just know that's not where I'm supposed to be. So I'm gonna trust you. And you're right because for me, um, I had I worked at a company called Subsplash, so I was selling apps to churches, mm-hmm. and I would be it would be Subsplash eight to five, right? Right. And then writing six to 11. If, if you had any creative flow that day. Yeah, but I had to push it out because I was, I was a part-time job. I had a job to do for my writer, for my author. So that code switching, right? You just mm-hmm. get so tired. Absolutely. Did you ever, while you were writing, did you ever feel like you were kind of losing some of your passion because were you, like now when you're writing were you writing for yourself or for others about both a mixture 
Gotcha. Okay. Did you ever feel like you were losing some of your passion because you might not have been like writing for you, even though it was a part-time position? The fear of that kept me awake at night. Mm. And it, and it kept me, it honestly is probably one of the reasons I lost sleep because one, I couldn't sleep with the idea of Cassidy's vision as an artist, as an author herself falling behind. Right. Um, so I dedicated a lot of time to self-blast in the morning, call me Alexander work in the afternoon, nighttime. Now my book captivated. Yes. Now, now just cause you mentioned that I want you to get into it a little bit. Because you've, mm. ex- you've already expressed, you know, some of the grind. But give me give me a little bit more details on how that process was for you. Uh, which one? For for writing your new book. You said it was called Captivated? Yeah. Yes, uh, tell me about that. Oh, my gosh. Captivated, I got the idea four years ago. I was a sophomore in college. Um, I was sitting in a cafe and I said, I just want to write a book, man. I want to, I really want to have a really good idea. And it hit me. The book is about an, uh, a photographer named Graham living in Seattle. And one day his grandfather goes missing, leaving behind a Polaroid camera. Question real quick before you really get into it. Is this Answer, fiction? Fiction. Okay. I'm a fiction okay. writer. Gotcha. Cause you fiction. got, I can tell you got that imagination. <laughs> I can definitely tell is my true love on a side note i love this is my only my only goal as a fiction writer is to highlight the beauty and the plight of the african-american community let's go and i take so much inspiration from that of tony morrison kwame more modern ryan's like jason reynolds right where you tie in fiction and you weave in such a beautiful lesson so when you close that book you don't. You might not remember every single chapter, but you will remember that feeling and you will remember that lesson. Oh yes, the big takeaways, of course. That big takeaway. I wanted to spark questions. I wanted to, you know, I really wanted to get the mind turning. I don't want to just write a book that was that was cute and I feel good. <laughs> Listen, at the end of the day, it may be fictional, but there are true messages in it. Yes, sir. So even though fiction may be your passion, it's you, you're getting those ideas and they, they stem from real life reality. Yes, sir. Yeah. And it's all about how it's perceived and how people absorb the message. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, I, you've mentioned Kwame a couple of times. Is that one of your who, who is Kwame? Yeah. That, call me Alexander. That's my boss. <laughs> oh, OK. OK. Is, yeah. is he one of your influences? Oh, my gosh. For sure. For sure. Um, How did you get connected with Kwame? It's actually another crazy story. So, and I love this story. I was just graduated college. I was living at home, still trying to figure out what in the world I was going to do. This job, the one I told you about, is in my back corner. I'm just like, am I going to accept it? X, Y, Z. So I was, in the meantime, I was working in a retail store. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a very extroverted person. I'm very talkative, very loud, very bubbly, full of caffeine. So I'm always like ready to go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in charge of greeting customers and this, and it's around Thanksgiving and this woman comes in and we just, we just get to it. We're just talking, right. We're just really having great conversations. And I take her up to the register and she's with her best friend. 
and just to, you know have to continue the conversation like okay well it's near thanksgiving do you live here are you xyz and the best friend comes up and says well you know my best friend is actually a screenwriter in wow she's a new york times best author so bestseller my guy when i tell you i immediately started crying and babbling because at this point i didn't know what i didn't know anything right and i said my name is Cassidy Endice. I want to be a writer. I don't know how to do it. I want to do like, like I'm just spitting fire at her, right? <laughs> Shooters got to shoot. Yeah, you know what I mean? You got to go for your shot. <laughs> yep. And she, we continued talking and she actually gave me her number. Mm. Now, this amazing woman, her name is Mary, Mary Ran Hess. This is the love of, she's so great. Oh my God, she's so amazing. And she gives me her number. Little did I know that her and Kwame are, are co-writers. They're, part, they're partners in a lot of writing projects. Mm. They have written a lot of great books. My favorite written by them is Swing. Mm -hmm. Definitely check it out. And I text Mary on uh, that Monday. And I'm like, Mary, I just want to say thank you again so much for letting me meet you, X, Y, Z. Um, I would love to see if there's a time that we can meet. And she texts me back and she says, are you interested in being in a writing group? Hmm. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> With no hesitation. No hesitation. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I do. Right? Because at the time, the only writer I know is me, myself, and I. Right. So she says, my friend Kwame Alexander, he's having a writing group, and I would just love to connect you guys. Hmm. Kwame emails me. We get on a phone. We're calling. I do my research. I really, because I, I was familiar with his name, but I wasn't familiar with him. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, that's when I learned just exactly who Kwame Alexander is. New York best time seller for multiple books. Uh, an amazing poet. Just an upstanding, amazing guy who is doing the dang thing in children's literature. That's awesome. Yeah. And the rest is history. And for you to get connected with that just by shooting your shot. <laughs> is is awesome like you you have to take those opportunities like for the people who are listening like it just shows how important networking is because yeah. it, you, you can bust your ass excuse my language like you can you can grind but sometimes it's really all about who you know yes sir that that's pretty dope working with Kwame Alexander what are some of the uh core missions working with him like what has he really taught you wow wow the <sighs> If, I, I don't even think there's a word in the dictionary just to say how thankful I am for both Mary and him. Mm -hmm. Because when it comes to the lessons I've learned, not only have I learned to tighten up my writing, I'm learning the business of what it is to be a successful writer. Mm. Right? So that's context. Ex ex explain that to, to some who may not be aware of how to right. be a successful writer. Right. Let's be honest, right? We mm -hmm. as artists are here for the art. But there is a whole back end of, of the business, right? Mm. So that's deals, that's networking, that's partnerships, that's contracts, right? And what is so important that I've learned from him is the idea of knowing your worth. Mm. There are just so many examples of K.A. really just standing up and saying, I know who I am as an artist and I'm not going to settle because I am Kwame Alexander. Wow. So it, it sounds like own it. Yeah. Yeah. And and you probably know this a little bit too, kind of being in that creative field. Mm -hmm. 
when it comes to art, especially when you're starting out as an artist, no one's going to knock on your door and say, hey, I want you to do this for me, right? Absolutely not. You have to be your own confidence. And that's so hard when you are your biggest critic. Of course. When I was submitting Captivate in my book, I got 20 rejections. Fun fact, my agent actually rejected me before she took me in. But I always knew Captivate was going to be on a shelf. Mm. That, that perseverance is just incredible. It's a grind. It's such a grind, though. Yeah. Speaking speaking of uh, speaking of your book, hmm. I'll switch back a little bit more into the writing a little bit. Hmm. I want to I want to know. Can you tell me why books are so important to you, and also why are black voices so important in publishing? <sighs> yeah, my guy. Books to me, there is nothing more powerful than the pen and paper. Hmm. You look at the history of this world, simple speeches have changed the course of history. The Declaration of Independence started the entirety of the United States. There is truly nothing more powerful than when you put pen to paper. And I feel like with words, words have the power to structure and sculpt what you truly have in your mind and then to put it on paper and and articulate it right with the exact sentences, the exact phrase, the exact wording you want. Mm. I I feel like bringing something concrete on paper is absolutely phenomenal. So when I read a book and I'm actually able to embed lessons, I I think it's so much more helpful for me. I'm someone, I'm a learner. I will always be a student. I graduated Mm. college. I will never stop learning. And for me, the best way I learn is through stories through past experiences, through some, what somebody else went through, right? Mm-hmm. My favorite, one of my favorite books, Native Son. Oh my gosh. Woo! My, mine too. No lie. I read that in college. I love that book. Woo! What a journey. Yes. <laughs> and, and you know what? It's so crazy. I was thinking about rereading it now, but mm. like, I don't know. I feel like the timing, I, I feel like it's a little too dark. I want something more uplifting, if that makes any sense. No, it makes it makes sense, but I'm gonna challenge you a little bit there, my friend. Go for it. We are in dark times, right? True. I'm not saying we sit in our darkness, which is what our main character did in Native Son. He sat in his anger, he sat in his hatred of the world and of what it what it meant to be a black man, right? Of course. But we cannot run away from that history. You're I, right. I think we have to sometimes take it in and run with it. Tony Morrison's the bluest eye. Yes, that's another changed one. Changed my life. Changed my life. As an African-American woman, as a dark-skinned African-American woman, that book changed my life. Yep. It was a dark book. Absolutely. Those those two are, like, my my top two, like, favorite books. I need to purchase them and keep them in my library. I remember back in college giving them away, but I need them back now. <laughs> Man, that's – I have a very strict no-give-out book policy on my personal library. I hear you. I can I can definitely dig it. But sometimes it's just books that are so good and you want to just share that knowledge with others. It's like, yo, this is for you. Check this out. Let me know what you think. See, that's I think that's why I think you're the better person for me because what I do is I just drop the link. <laughs> oh, see. <laughs> <laughs> see. 
you're funny. Another another thing, this is just this is just me going off the top of my head, just from hearing how much of a powerful speaker you are. I feel like I see a little bit of motivational speaking down the future, or is that something you may do currently? Really? That's I, 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 I feel that. I'm super Firstly, thank you. That's 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 one of the greatest compliments anyone's ever given me. No problem. I just I just feel that. I know I, I know that comes from your knowledge of reading and writing and you know studying English. But I, I really feel a little bit of motivational speaking coming from you. I really appreciate that, my friend. Um, I do not do it currently. My life is truly dedicated to writing. Now that was a straight up yes. Like I said, I just felt it. <laughs> I I knew, I, I knew have... you were I knew you were a writer. that's one thing i did know i definitely have a passion for helping young artists kind of achieving their goals because i feel like we give up too easily absolutely um young artists of all different colors all different spectrums all different races all different backgrounds right because i just I, i never want to be that person who says and when i'm 50 wow cass you didn't give it a shot and now you're unhappy. But you have money. But yeah. you're unhappy. I know that feeling. And, it, and it, I have so many friends. My One of my best friends. Oh, she's so great. Um, I just know she lives and deserves to be in the art culture. But she's holding down. She's holding down a corporate job. Which that's what makes her happy. But it's just like, I just can't. I don't. There are so many untapped so much potential that we haven't found because we're so worried about what the rest of the world thinks about what it takes to be an artist. Mm-hmm. How crazy is that? It, so I would love to be a motivational speaker. Yeah, for sure. That's pretty dope. Um, another thing I did want to ask. Mm. So I know you. I know you like reading. I'm sorry. I know you like writing fiction, but is that also your favorite book genre? Yes. It is. I love I love fiction. I'm a I'm a hopeful romantic. So I love reading romance novels. Um, I love I love stuff like Harry Potter, mm-hmm. Percy Jackson. I love dystopian novels. I love books. I love books that do have that really kind of hard lesson. Any yeah. Tom Morrison book, any book by Richard Wright, right? Yes, Richard Wright. That's another one. <sighs> Man, have you ever read? He has a short story, the wife, the wife of my youth. I have not. Mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> I feel like that's one I might need to uh, add to the shopping cart. My God, I'll drop the link because <laughs> <laughs> you're not letting anybody borrow. You get it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that. Which one, Richard Wright? Yes. So I, I'm um something. Like I said, I love talking about African American culture, the beauty and the beauty and the plights and the difficulties that we we struggle with, not just from you know other races, but from inside of our races, from the mental struggle that we have against each other. Um, the wife of my youth combats the idea of colorism mm. and how the main character had truly this beautiful dark skinned woman as a wife when he was younger and when he was enslaved, but then when he was freed, they were separated and he gets, and he gets married or he's about to get married to this really beautiful, like light, lighter skinned woman. And this old, you know, dark skinned woman with like this droopy skin and just like a curved back is saying, well, I know him. I just want to see him Mm. at his quote unquote, 
announcement of his wedding, he stands up and he says, this is the life of my youth. Mm. And bruh, wow, my heart. Sounds deep. It's very deep. It's very deep, but it's so well done. Wow. It's so well done. It's, a, it's like I said, I want to, I love, there are so many conversations that we, as African-American culture, need to have that we just don't. Absolutely. And colorism is one of them. Especially with today's climate as well, especially when mm-hmm. everyone is taking the opportunity to truly educate themselves on the social issues that we're facing today. I mean, that's that's one right up the alley. I mean, let's like let's 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 have a conversation about it, right, my guy? Because you see African American women, dark skinned African American women. Mm-hmm. You when you see, you, I don't know how old you are. I'm 23 years old. Okay, so, I got you by a little bit, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> As a young woman, a young black woman, I didn't really see much representation in media when I was young. And when it when I did, it wasn't it wasn't positive. Of course, no. It was a dark skinned woman who was addicted to crack, who was had one, who was a single mother and living in the ghetto, right? Mm-hmm. And so that really has, if we want to admit it or not, really gone into our heads and how we view each other. Of course. The media that, can, controls what we see at the oh end of the day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But let's even talk about dark skin African-American men. There are truly statistics that say that they get hit in their pockets, right? It's harder for a dark skin African-American man to get a job. Oh, yeah. That's, and that's those with lighter complexion. That's not a surprise. Before, To be honest, before you even get an opportunity, it could be based off your name if they even give you mm. a call. Yes, sir. So I also- sometimes it's even harder getting into the door. Yeah. That's why sometimes, believe it or not, I say it's like a little bit of a blessing that my name is Mark Thompson because you have no idea who Mark Thompson is when yeah. you read my resume and when you hear me speak over the phone. I've had yeah. that so many times where I've, you know, I've walked into an interview and they're like, oh, you are not what we were expecting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Well, hey, I'm here now. Let's go. Yes, sir. Let's be honest, right? Like I tell my mom and my dad, I'm like, the the name you guys gave me was your first gift to me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I might shorten it to cast, but it is truly a blessing. And, you know, those who don't have those, the Mercedes, the what you all, those are beautiful names too. And there Absolutely. is an issue in society that when you get a name like Daquana or whatever, we, we right. consider humorous or less educated or what, what you be it. Yeah, which is, which is terrible. It's a terrible yeah. assumption, but at the end of the day, it all stems from the media and how African Americans are portrayed. One hundred percent. Yeah. Before I know, we went off topic a little bit. This is this is a dope conversation. At the end of the day, so I absolutely love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one thing I did want to ask you, because I know your I know your book is it out or coming out? It is currently me and my editor. Me and my editor. Me and my agent are going through revisions together. Okay. And we are knocking on the door, hopefully going to submit it to send to publishers by the end of the year. That is awesome. So let me ask you this. Yeah. What what does the future look like for you, especially publishing your book? And what else can we expect from you? Um, Crazy. The future, I, you know, I never really know what the future looks like. All I know is that I'm just going to literally put my heart and soul in every project I do. Mm-hmm. What I hope the what I hope the future looks like 
if God blesses me, is that Cass, Cassidy Endice is a New York Times bestselling author. I already have I already have the next book cooking in the back of my head, and I, I think it's stronger than Captivated, if I'm going to be honest. Okay. I just, I'm not even in it for the money, or I'm not even in it for the, I just want one African-American man or woman to pick up my book, read through my pages, and feel like they've changed. That's all I ask. That's That's awesome. Thank and, you. For- and you know what? I I feel like it's it's gonna happen. Especially you you said something important to me. You said it's not about the money. It's gonna it's gonna come. Especially when you're chasing your passion, it's going to come. So that's not even an issue whatsoever. Yeah, I'm just I'm just doing like I'm not even I'm not even stressed about it, which is crazy to say during a pandemic. Of course, so definitely not trying to sound insensitive, but I. Once, once you put money into things, then you start stressing. And I'm not going to stress about my work. This is my art. This is what I love to do. So I'm just going to do what I love to do. Yep. And I'm sure you were stressing while you were working your, your sales jobs and not having enough time to possibly work on your writing. So no more, no more time for that. No more stress. Oh, blessings on blessings. I wanted to ask one more question. I'm going to let you go. I know you okay. touched on it a little bit, especially with you being a motiv- motivational speech speaker and, um, you know, wanting to bring up the youth. What, it, what, is someone, what is something that you would recommend to an up-and-coming up writer mm. as far as continuing the grind? Because it, it doesn't sound easy. No, it's not. This is going to sound so very cliche, but it honestly works, right? Mm-hmm. read every single day, write every single day. There are days where I'll pick up my journal and I'll say, I don't feel like writing, but guess what I did? I wrote a sentence. <laughs> I don't feel like writing. <laughs> it's a sentence, isn't it? it? Yep. Pick up books that you wouldn't usually pick up. Understand verse, the diversity when it comes to literature. Don't watch movies and read books for the enjoyment. Watch movies and read books to study. Mm. And more than anything, more than anything, you have to be your number one fan during the entire process because no one's going to have you like you have you. And that's just and that's just it. And that's okay though. That's okay. Yes. That's that's pretty dope. Like that that's really awesome. I appreciate that, my friend. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, Cassie, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure to learn about you, your creative journey, and your upcoming book. Your your message, I can tell, is just going to be something very amazing. How can the people get in contact with you, and, or, and where can they find the book when it's finally out? Yeah, man, I'm going to be, I'm going to have an entire parade for the entire year when my book comes out. Um, but while it's, while it's kind of cooking, everyone can definitely follow me on my social media account. Can I give myself a shout out? Is that okay? Do that. I actually have two accounts. <laughs> I have one account, which is just Cass underscore Dice. Uh, my last name is spelled D-Y-C-E. That's just my normal Instagram account. And then I have a bookstagram. This <laughs> 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 is where I post all my favorite books and reviews. And that's page underscore Turner 19. Nice. We got you. Cass, just want to thank you so much for sharing your creative process with you today. And we appreciate it so much. I appreciate you guys. Keep going. Keep helping people find their passion. So thank you. Seriously. Listen, that is the goal. So join us for daily conversations for recent podcasts of I Had Epiphany. Go to epiphany.co for episodes. We are on Apple, 
Google Play, Spotify, you name it. Cass, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.